everybody. It is Pastor Chad. Today is Sunday, July 10th, 2022. Welcome to The Way Radio Live, The Way R122 Ministry Live. The title of today's message is The Providence of God, and it's based on Ezekiel 1, 15 through 19. Let's pray and we will get into today's message. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we are able again to meet online at a distance, brothers and sisters from different parts of the world. And Lord, I just ask that you would uh, bless this message, that you would open hearts and minds and spirits to your truth, that your Holy Spirit would do a mighty work through this message today. And I just pray that most of all, you would be glorified through it. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, the title of the message is The Providence of God, and it's based on Ezekiel 1, 15 through 19. And one of the reasons I really like this message, I've preached it before a couple of years ago, is it's a very different way of looking at Ezekiel 1, 15 through 19. Uh, this sermon is actually based on a sermon by Charles Spurgeon entitled God's Providence. Uh, and it's one of the most beautiful and comforting sermons uh, that I've ever read. As you, as you know, if you listen to me for any amount of time, uh, I love reading Spurgeon. He's he's my favorite pastor. I love his writing. Uh, and he just had a, a marvelous way with words. And his sermons are beautiful to read and just meditate on. And this is one of the most beautiful and comforting sermons that I've ever read. So uh, in it, you'll see that the conveyance of the mysterious and almost bizarre vision that Ezekiel shares as a rep representation of God's providence, are a great blessing in helping us to better grasp God's glorious providence. And I've rewritten this sermon using Spurgeon's main points, and then I've added some of my own. And I do that quite often. I love using Spurgeon's outlines and then just expanding on what he wrote and, and you know putting putting it into my to my own words. So first of all, let's read Ezekiel 1, 15 through 19, which says, Now, as I looked at the living beings, behold, there was one wheel on the earth beside the living beings for each of the four of them. The appearance of the wheels and their workmanship was like sparkling barrel, and all four of them had the same form, their appearance and workmanship being as if one wheel were within another. Whenever they moved, they moved in any of their four directions without turning as they moved. As for their rims, they were lofty and awesome, and the rims of all four of them were full of eyes round about. Whenever the living beings moved, the wheels moved with them. And whenever the living beings rose from the earth, the wheels rose also. Now, this is probably one of the strangest visions that we read about in Scripture. The similarity to descriptions of USO, UFOs is interesting, and this has been referred to many times over the years in, in, in using this to compare what people claim they see when they witness a UFO sighting. But we're not really going to go in that direction with this this evening. We're going to use it uh, in looking at it as a representation of God's providence. The wheels signify divine providence. The Greeks and Romans used the wheel to represent the wondrous works of God. 
Providence is like a wheel in that sometimes a part of the wheel is at the top of the rotation, and at another time, the same part will be at the bottom of the rotation. Excuse me, I gotta turn on another light here. I'm having trouble reading my notes. That's better. Again, providence is like a wheel and that sometimes a part of the wheel is at the top of the rotation. And at another time, the same part will be at the bottom of the rotation. In life, we may go through, may go through times of exaltation and then the wheel spins around and we are cast down into the dust. There are times of prosperity and the wheel turns and times of poverty and struggle may come. Our own experience is never stable. It is always changing and turning, sometimes faster and sometimes more slowly. Notice that the axle of the wheel never changes, but stays fixed in place. The outside of the wheel may be changing rapidly, but the center axle does not change or move. The axle of God's eternal, unchanging love for his chosen people. What happens when we look at a section of a spinning wheel up close? When a wheel spins, we cannot see the individual spokes. If we focus on a moment, we will struggle to see how events fit into God's plan. But when we step back and look at the wheel over a vast span of time, we see how every spoke, every moment works together for the good of God's plan and purpose. We often struggle to understand and grasp certain points of doctrinal truth that seem illogical or nonsensical. Sometimes that struggle is the brightest hint that we are onto a profound truth of God because it is beyond our natural human ability to understand. We are looking at a small part of a spoke while God is seeing the whole contraption, the biggest of big pictures. Somehow the providence of God is connected with angels. The living creatures in Ezekiel's vision must be angels, angelic beings. Angels seem to have a great deal to do with the business of this world. We read in the scriptures of the mighty works of angels in ancient times. In Exodus 12, 23, it says, For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. Second Chronicles 32, 20 through 21 says, But King Hezekiah and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, prayed about this and cried out to heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who destroyed every mighty warrior, commander and officer in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned in shame to his own land. And when he had entered the temple of his God, some of his own children killed him there with the sword. Luke 1, 11 through 13 says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear, will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. And then in Luke 1, 26 through 27, we read, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. It seems angels are sent out to bring about God's purposes. The great will of providence is turned by an angel. That's a quote from Charles Spurgeon. Angels are much more involved with us than we can imagine. 
An angel was sent to strengthen Christ in the garden, and angels ministered to him after his temptation. Angels put thoughts in our minds that bring comfort to our souls. We all have a guardian angel. Matthew 18.10 says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that their angels in heaven continually see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Again, another quote from Spurgeon. He says, Every Christian has some angel who flies about him and holds the shield of God over his brow, keeps his foot lest he should dash it against a stone, guards him, controls him, manages him, injects thoughts, restrains evil desires, and is the minister and servant of the Holy Ghost to keep us from sin and lead us to righteousness. Let us bless God that he has made angels ministering spirits to minister unto them who are heirs of salvation. What comfort there is to know that we are cared for and ministered to by angels sent from God. The providence of God is universal. The wheel had four faces. Providence is universal, looking to every quarter of the globe. No matter where you are or where you go, God's eye is on you as if you were the only person in the world. Consider the vast immensity of God's providence, but at the same time, the still, small, loving voice that speaks to us in a unique and special way. We are never outside of his sight. There is always one face of the wheel upon us. Consider that we are so known to God and seen by him that when we are resurrected, every atom and particle of us will be brought back together. When we see the chaos and insanity in the world around us, political turmoil, wars, earthquakes, violence, etc., the hand of God is in it all. God's providence is uniform. There is only one providence, the sovereign providence of God. James 1.17 says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. There were four wheels and four faces, but only one likeness. There was only one piece of machinery representing that providence is all of one. No contradictions, always to God's plan and purpose. Consider the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis as an example of God's providence. He was to be the governor of Egypt. Look at the events that led up to that. His brothers hated him. They threw him into a pit. They sold him into slavery. He became a favorite of Potiphar, who had bought him. He was accused of attempted rape and locked up in a dungeon. But if you stand back from the wheel and observe all of the events of Joseph's life together, you see the glorious workings of God's providence. If he had not been put in the pit and sold, he would not have become a servant of Potiphar. If he had not been jailed, he would not have interpreted the jailer's dream. If the king had not dreamed, Joseph would have not been sent for. Of all that could have happened in Joseph's life, the things that took place were according to the working of God's glorious providence. Genesis 50, 18 through 21 says, Then his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for good in order do not be afraid, for I, am I in God's place? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. 
So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. We must keep the big picture in mind and heart, especially in times like these. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We know in part, but we will never see the whole picture and purpose of the details of our lives until we cross over the threshold of eternity with the Lord. God's providence is compared to the sea. Verse 16 says, The appearance of the wheels and their workmanship was like sparkling barrel. Barrel in scripture often refers to the sea, the likeness of the deep green or blue appearance of the sea. The sea, though not as vast as the heavens, still reflects the vastness of the works of God and his providence. The sea is never still. It is always moving, as is God's providence. The ocean tides have rolled on continuously since God created the earth. Such is God's providence. The sea cannot be controlled by man. The greatest vessels we place upon it are like a dot on a massive page. The sea has a will of its own, and if we try to go against it, we will be destroyed when upon it we are at its mercy. James 4, 13 through 15 says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. God's providence is intricate. We desire to see through providence and understand it, but we never will. We may try to see how certain struggles and afflictions could possibly have worked for our good, but we won't at least not for now. We must believe what the world what the word tells us that all does work for the good of those who are called according to God's will and purpose and we must trust God. One of the hardest things it seems for Christians is to see the wicked and ungodly prospering while saints struggle and endure trials and tribulations. The only remedy to this age-old issue is to trust in God in his providence working far beyond and outside our understanding. Proverbs 16, 4 through 5 says, The Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not be punished. He will not be unpunished. Think of that verse, Proverbs 16, 5. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. And think of how pride is paraded in our modern society. Something really profound to consider. Assuredly, he will not be unpunished. Again, a quote from Spurgeon. He says, do not attempt to do what Gabriel never dared do, to ask the reason why, for God will never give it. God's providence is always correct. The wheels never turn to the right or to the left, such as God's providence. God's plan and purpose never change. He is perfect. To change would contradict his perfection. He would, he would have to change either from imperfect to perfect or from perfect to imperfect. What God has ordained will be to err is human. Our faith should abide in God's unchanging perfection. His love for us never changes because he never 
changes. Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. God's providence is amazing. Ezekiel 1.18 says, As for their rims, they were lofty and awesome, and the rims of all four of them were full of eyes round about. God is working in everything. Even the things that seem so evil and contrary are working to the will of God. Every atom, particle, drop, and vibration is ordained by and according to God's providence. Colossians 1, 16 through 17 says, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been, been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Another quote from Spurgeon, a God that cannot do as he pleases, a God whose will is frustrated, is not a God and cannot be a God. God's providence is full of wisdom. It says, and the rims of all four of them were full of eyes round about. There is a difference between fate and providence. Fate says whatever is must be. Fate is blind and it is hopeless. Providence says whatever God ordains must be. God's providence is comforting and hopeful. God in his wisdom never ordains anything without a purpose. God is not random or by chance. Notice how design has become more and more apparent in science over the years. God is working everything for one great end. Everything humanity is searching for, all the scientific and philosophic endeavors will, in the end, point to Jesus Christ. Christ is the initial, present, and final singularity. Revelation 1, 7 through 8 says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your providence, which is so far beyond our ability to even grasp. But I ask, Lord, that you would open the hearts and the minds and the spirits of everyone who hears this message, that we would be blessed supernaturally with a greater understanding of your providence, that you would uh, strengthen our faith, deepen our belief, bless us with courage, confidence, and boldness as we go out uh, into the coming week in proclaiming the gospel and living according to your will. And may we shine as lights in the world because we live with Christ in us, empowering us and lighting our way. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, thanks for joining us today. I'm going to try to share the screen. I'm doing it a little bit differently today. So I'm going to put this up. Uh, here we go. If you get a chance, please visit Elephant Walk. Uh, that is our business that helps support the ministry. Uh, we have been importing uh, items from Kenya for 
quite a while now. Uh, you can visit our, uh, you can visit us at our website at elephantwalk.net. But really, the best place to visit our business is Etsy. If you go to Etsy.com and you just search Elephant Walk Inc., no spaces between the words, uh, that'll take you to our Etsy shop. That's where we do the majority of our business. If you'd like to visit the ministry and learn more about uh, what we do, you can go to the wayr122.org. Every sermon that I preach is released the coming week as a podcast, and the podcast just went over 18,000 episodes. We're heading for 19,000. We're actually, uh, I think in about five or six more podcasts, we'll be reaching our 100th episode. You can find the podcast and subscribe by going, by going to the Christian podcastcommunity.org and just searching for The Way Radio in the search field. You can find us on Rumble at The Way R122. All the sermons since June 2021 are on Rumble. Earlier than that, we're we, they, those are still on YouTube, and you can find us on YouTube by searching for The Way Ministry Church. Please consider supporting the ministry, and you can do so by going to thewayr122.org and just simply visiting the donate page. All right. So thank you again for being here today, folks. God willing, we'll be back here next week. Same time, same place. God bless you guys. Bye.